Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni. Joining me once again on this busy morning, busy Friday morning, is Shay Dixon. Shay, how you holding up? We got the busy. breaking news pod out, uh, all the recruiting news. It's it's been been a wild morning. Golly, wild twenty four hours. We had DJ yeah. Chester, four star offensive lineman, commit to LSU on Thursday. Then Colin Hurley commits to LSU on Friday and reclassifies into twenty twenty four. So it wasn't a week ago, a little more than a week ago, when people wondered uh, if Julian Sand, who obviously committed to Alabama, would be LSU's quarterback in twenty twenty four. It ends up being a wild card, a 2025 quarterback who reclassifies into 24. We have an emergency pot up on that. Yeah. A million stories on the site right now. So if if you want to celebrate the recruiting news on Colin Hurley, that's there. We'll have another updated visitor list for the weekend. Uh, Toviano, Ricks, you name them. They'll be in town this weekend for LSU-Bama. We'll focus here on the game, but there's tons of recruiting stuff on the Bengal Tiger right now. So, And we'll be all weekend. And I don't think this will be the last commitment they get. So should be a fun weekend. Yep. Uh, if you haven't already, check out the Breaking News podcast. Like like we said, uh, Colin Hurley commits. Uh, it's on the site or it's on the um, YouTube page. A bunch of stuff on the site. A dollar for a year. Still running it on the, on the Bengal Tiger on three. So be sure to check that out. But here uh, we are going to talk about the game. I mean, a, a huge game, LSU versus Alabama, a top 10 matchup once LSU was uh, ranked 10th in the college football rankings, which was a surprise to me. I know I think I think you said it was a surprise to you as well. I mean, to go from 15th in the AP poll, 10th in the college football ranking, the highest of any two-loss team. I guess we could start there. Um, I mean, I, I'll pull the rankings up. I know they're above Ole Miss. I believe well, yeah, they're above Kansas State. Um, People immediately said this was for Bama, right? This was for ESPN to say we have a top 10 matchup for number 10 LSU. Bama's obviously ranked number six, or obviously ranked in the top 10. They're at number six with one loss. Uh, And others are conspiracy theorists or people who just hate Bama will say, well, well, that's just to give Bama a top 10 win. They don't have any wins yet. Uh, If they want to get into the college football playoffs, they need a top 10 win. This gives them one if they win the game. Uh, all that aside, I'll, I'll say this. When they revealed 11 to 15 and LSU wasn't in it, I just thought they wouldn't be ranked. I was like, they must just – I mean, what, the co- the coach poll had them at 18. The highest they've ever been is 15, which is what yeah, they're at in the AP. Mm-hmm. And then they dropped 10. Uh, yeah. Watch out. Over, again, over like UCLA, who's 7-1, Kansas State uh, coming off a great – performance you know utah teams like that uh even ole miss who's eight and one uh even though i'm okay with lsu being above ole miss i I don't have a problem with them being 10 but you know like you said it sets up for the tvs and us you know talking heads to be like hey this is a top 10 matchup this is six versus 10 this is a game that and even with all of that it's a game that has 
significance in the SEC West, regardless of where they're ranked. If they were ranked 20 and 25, this is a game that will uh, play a huge role in who wins the West. I mean, Ole Miss is still sitting there, but LSU controls its own destiny. And uh, obviously Ole Miss and uh, Bama will play uh, later on in the year. So um, with all that being said, I think if we start to look ahead at this game, um, I tried to preview as much of it as I can on the site uh, as far as the general overlook of Alabama, the uh, LSU defense against Alabama's offense, and then Alabama's pass rush. I did stories on all three of those, so check those out. I think we can start from an overall Bama perspective. They obviously lose to Tennessee. They struggle with AM with Milrow at quarterback. They struggled um, – early in the season with uh, with Texas, who at times looked like the better team before they drove down and kicked the field goal. I mean, where are you at with this Alabama team uh, coming into this one? I think that uh, Bryce Young's the best player in college football. I think that he is the best quarterback in college football. I think any of this narrative that whomever, C.J. Stroud, Hinton Hooker's obviously playing great. He's better than Hinton Hooker. But yes, Will Levis is still getting thrown around. I saw in mock drafts this week as number one. I've always felt this. Bryce Young was phenomenal in high school. He's been phenomenal since he started at Bama. He's been banged up this year. But all you got to do is listen to how Brian Kelly talked on Monday. Listen to how he talked on the radio show. Listen to how he talked to us on Thursday when we talked to him uh, yesterday, Matty B. It's very clear that he thinks Bryce Young's the best player they'll play this year. So we can talk all day about how far the offense has come and Jaden Daniels and this team, but the point remains the best player they will have played this year and will play this year is Bryce Young and he's the quarterback. So defensively, I'm sure Matt house hasn't gotten much sleep this week. Uh, We'll see how they attack this Bama team. I mean, they can, we'll get into some of this. They can run the hell out of the football. Jameer Gibbs is in, I mean, he was a top three running back at a high school center, Georgia Tech, and moved over to Bama, and he's been great. People will say it's not their normal receiving core. Even a Bama fan would agree with that, but they still have some guys that can can make plays, and certainly Bryce Young can get the ball in their hands. Um, man, outside of that, like the two things I think of, Matty B, and we'll get into the pod, obviously, with some more thoughts, but A, Bryce Young's a real deal. B, and I've watched – I've seen Bama play every game this year, uh, and I've watched a lot of Bama football over the years – Honestly, I just enjoy watching yeah. a lot of the good players who are well-coached, so I like watching them play. This is the most uncharacteristic shoot-yourself-in-the-foot Bama team that I've seen. It is – I mean, it's like you'd have to go back almost a decade to a team that penalties galore, mistakes galore, just not executing in certain spots where you expect them normally to. So is this your normal Bama? No, but that's a pretty high bar to set. I still think this is – one of the four best teams in college football. I'd have them right there at Tennessee. And obviously they are right there at Tennessee. They played them down to the wire. They probably could have won that game and they made their field goal. But um, Georgia, Ohio State, I think they're right in there with them. This will be – this is a tall task. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's – for all the shortcomings Alabama has, we knew coming into the season Bryce Young and Will Anderson were on this team. And we knew that they are two of the best players in college football. You know, two of maybe the five best players in college football, if you want, wherever you want to put Will Anderson in that in that class. But and that's still the case, even with a receiving core that is good, not great. You know, you don't have the the numerous first round draft picks at receiver and 
Waddle and all these guys, but they're still a solid receiving core, right? They're still someone that LSU, um, it might be one of the best. I mean, off the top of my head, thinking about the best receiving cores that they faced. I mean, Tennessee didn't have um the receiver who I'm forgetting his name, but they didn't have him. They had Brew McCoy and uh, Hyatt though, so that's talented. But still. It's a lot of it's on Bryce Young's shoulders this year, and it feels like that more so than last year to where it's a lot of it's Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs making plays, making something out of nothing. And that's what we saw time after time. I think in the Texas game, that was good. there was a good example of that uh, where Bryce Young, I remember the throw in the red zone where he's running to the left, turns around, flips his hip, and slings it in for a touchdown. It's like that's what Bryce Young can do. And so – while I think LSU is going to be prepared and I think that the defensive line is going to have a really good day, I think it, this is the best defensive line and the best pass rush Alabama has seen this year. Even if LSU can get to Bryce Young, there's a difference between getting to Bryce Young and stopping Bryce Young. Like, you have to get him to the ground. You have to make him very, very uncomfortable. And even when he's uncomfortable, he's still really good. So that's kind of where you have to start when you analyze this game is how do you stop Bryce Young and – as much as I, I want to take some solace in Texas and Texas A&M, uh, well, he didn't play against A&M, but Texas is doing a decent job, which I wrote about on the site. It's, this is a this is an Alabama team that, A, I think is much better than they were in week two of the season against Texas, obviously, but um, B, Bryce Young is just, um, he's, he's really good under the bright lights, and he's played Georgia last year. He's played great defenses before. LSU's going to have to be really, really sharp. Would you guess you do a lot of film study, all that, but sometimes we're kind of in it and we don't step back and really look at the stats. You know how many passing touchdowns LSU's given up this year? Oh gosh. Um how many passes? And it's there? under ten. Yeah. I was gonna say eight. eight. Yeah, Tennessee kind of ran punched it in a lot. <laughs> um because we'll miss. Yeah. Now now granted, a chunk of those I guess would be in that mix of games, uh during the month of October, but yeah. Bryce Young, I read this stat. Bryce Young, 22 starts at Bama. He's never not thrown a touchdown pass. This is an LSU defense that doesn't give up a lot of touchdown passes. So not that we think they're going to completely shut out Bryce Young, but that'll be something to watch. I also think too, because you were just talking about like shutting down Bryce Young and, or not shutting down Bryce Young. How do they kind yes, of down. slow him down? The one thing I think is interesting about this year's Bama team they can always run the football, and Gibbs does that for them this year. But last year, like everything was – even in the year where people considered it like a down year for receivers at Bama, Jameson Williams and Mechie both ultimately get drafted, and those two did everything. This yeah. year looks a lot more like LSU's roster does in terms – or stats do in terms of how much he's spreading the ball around. Like a lot of different guys are getting involved. Their receiver stats sort of look similar with a lot of guys in the – two to 300, 400 yard range, you know, a few touchdowns, uh, but not that one guy on each squad. That's just so much better than everybody else. And we thought that would be Boutte. Obviously neighbors probably has the best stats to this point. I would yeah. think, I don't, I don't think Boutte's taking them over, no, but yeah, you're right. Um, I like LSU's receivers more than I like Bama's. Um, mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of places on the field where I would say that I like LSU more than I like what Bama has. So It'll be, yeah. Um, this is just a t- again, Vegas, Maddie B. We know this. You'll have the, the Friday lines out here later today. Vegas has been 13 and a half point favorites or underdogs for LSU. 
that's a big line. LSU hadn't faced anything like that this year. So uh, this is a team with talent all over. Um, I do think, though, and I'm curious your thoughts, because you actually wrote a story about this, or at least a, a piece of this. When you look at the edge rushers in this game, Will Anderson's best in America. Dallas Turner plays opposite of him. Brian Branch is a guy, he's a DB, but I think he's got more tackles for loss, or he's, he's up there in terms of negative play production mm-hmm. as much as anyone on Bama's team. Flip it over, you've got B.J. Ojolari, you've got Harold Perkins. Um, you know, we've seen some other guys get in the backfield and make some plays along the defensive line. I feel like that position, or at least edge rushers, are bringing pressure in this game is going to be paramount to both slowing down Daniels and Bryce Young. Because for whatever strengths and weaknesses this team have, both of those massive strengths are edge rushers. Yeah. the And that's the thing, if we want to look at it, like the positives of LSU coming into this is obviously Jaden Daniels hitting his stride the past two games, right? We've, t- we've talked about that at length over the past how many podcasts, how many weeks, where Jaden Daniels looks extremely comfortable my concern is that with Will Anderson and Dallas Turner and they, you know, occasionally bring Henry Toto on blitzes, they, they do a really good job with, with pressuring the quarterback, right? If you watch like the AM game to a degree, basically any game that wasn't Tennessee, they did a good job, I think, of get, getting to the quarterback. So how will Jaden Daniels react when he's getting pressured by Anderson and Turner on a regular basis? Will the mental clock and his head go off quicker? Will he drop his eyes? Will he revert back to what he was against Florida State? I think from a coaching staff perspective, they've coached him up so well. I'm not overly concerned about him having a you know atrocious game or something, but it is could be a situation where after the second or third read, um, you know, maybe at a time where against Ole Miss where you have that time to sit back there and pat the ball, pat the ball a couple times and go from there. In this situation, after your second read, maybe he drops his eyes and looks to run. You know, that's it's something that I think is very possible in this game to where Jay Daniels has been playing so well that we're like, he's figured it out, he's figured it out. And then this defensive line just comes in and says, boom, we're hitting you. And boom, we're moving you off the pocket in two seconds. Like it, it's very, it's, it's going to be interesting. And I think the, the true freshman tackles have their work cut out for them on the outside. That's the thing. If we, if we look back and LSU loses this game by 14 points or more, um, and you're saying, man, why, you know, why not think if any LSU fans, are, you know, get their hopes up and they're like, well, why didn't I see this coming? You'll look back and probably say, guys, we were starting two true freshmen at offensive tackle, albeit very good ones. Um, but they are true freshmen at offensive tackle going through their first year against two of the nation's best edge rushers. We were facing Bama, one of the most talented teams. We we're facing the best quarterback in college football and Bryce Young, in my opinion. Um, a ground game with Gibbs, uh, a defense that does have now some players playing really well in the secondary. So I do see kind of all those things. I'm trying to like take a step back and say, look, this is still an LSU team that starts a walk on a, a former walk on a running back. Josh Williams has been very good, um, but he's not Jameer Gibbs. There's mm-hmm. two true freshmen at right that all the tackles. They're without Garrett Dellinger, though the O-line did well in, in his absence in the past couple of games. Better. Um, not not being gone i just think they're finally hitting a little bit of a stride um there's i don't know i, I still don't i don't want to get into any fool's gold here with the old yeah. miss win because the argument was that old miss was the fool's gold it was yeah. old miss isn't as good as number seven in the country in seven and oh a team like lsu yep. who's really just trying to figure things out still uh could beat a team like that and they did handedly they crushed them um 
So as we go through this and as we're talking out loud, I'm, I'm trying to remind myself here of LSU is still LSU in the first month. Maddie B was certainly a team. It didn't look like a team. It yeah. was a collection of new coaches, transfer quarterback, a ton of transfers starting freshmen starting all over. It didn't look like a team and Brian Kelly got them better in the month of October. And now the plan is to have them playing better in November. That's great. That's progression. Um, I think more so than anything, they've kind of figured themselves out. And whether that means you're good enough to beat Bama, I don't know about that, but it's certainly good enough to beat Ole Miss. Certainly good enough to beat some talented teams you've played so far. Tennessee was on a de- another level. Just is, is what it is this year. But I think even since Tennessee, they've proven that uh, they've learned some things. They've grown a bit. Um, I'm just really curious to see because we, right, this is the bye week that we're off of. I'm uh, watching this LSU football field take the team. LSU football team take the field again. Is there worry there, Maddie? Is that it's like, man, can you pick up where you left off? Because that'd yeah. be great. Because every week you saw them fixing things and getting better. Now it's a bit of a lull where you've had two weeks to kind of you know recharge and and move forward. Yeah, and you don't get Dellinger back. I mean, that's the big thing there. Um, <clears throat> To where the offensive line is, you know, it's it'll be it'll be fine. Uh, they, I thought they've actually done pretty well the past two games on on the offensive line, but you played Florida and Ole Miss, so it's like an Ole Miss is kind of a three down front where they're not bringing you know a ton of different pressures, the different looks and stuff like that for the most part. So uh, that's it's going to determine the game. I think LSU needs to run the ball as well. So whether that's John Emery, Josh Williams, whoever it is, they need to get a little bit of a run game going, uh, or else. You know, even if you do fall behind a touchdown early, you can't turn that turn that you cannot turn this into the Tennessee game. What about Alabama native Armani Goodwin? Yeah, Armani Goodwin. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting he's healed and one hundred ten percent. Well, and it sounds like John Emery is going to be out there after he had tweaked something right yeah. before the Ole Miss game and just didn't play, and then he was kind of listed as not day to day, but they were just going to monitor him. But the only Major Burns will be back. Yeah. John Emery sounds like he'll be back. Um, Jack Bash, it sounds like he'll be back. So the only notable injury that Kelly talked about this week of guys that aren't already like out for the year, like Mason Smith, which boy, it'd be nice to have him in a game like this, yeah. um, but would be Gellinger, who obviously is a starter on the O-line. But again, he had a broken hand that he had to have a minor surgery on, and then he tweaked his knee and missed some time. So when we heard from Kelly on Thursday, it sounds like he had just watched Gellinger in practice and rolled him out and said, look, we're not. He's not there yet and, and no need to go put him out there because really even earlier in the week, Matty B, he was saying what you were saying, that they've played well in the O-line the past couple of games against competition that's not this, but they wanted Dellinger, if possible, to at least rotate in and you know yeah. kind of get his feet back under him. And now it looks like that, even though he did say on the radio show that he's day-to-day or a game-time decision, it does not sound like they're going to try to trot Dellinger out there just to – to put him in a spot where it might get even worse. And then he's out for other games where you need him. Yeah. And not for nothing, the Alabama interior defensive line is pretty good too. Pretty, pretty solid as well. Um, do we want to get into a uh, breakout players and stuff like that? I'm trying to think of if I missed anything here. I think obviously the LSU receivers need to need to be able to get separation. Cause this is, that's another thing. The Alabama secondary, I don't think is as good as they've had at times in previous years. Now, Eli Ricks coming back for them or not coming back, but finally getting playing time, getting on the field after basically seeing the bench the first six games of the year, him stepping up in the Mississippi State game and getting a starting role there, 
uh, was was an interesting development. Uh, so we'll see how much he plays and how you know much of an impact he has. Uh, you have Kool Aid McKinstry back there. Uh, you got you know guys like Brian Branch, like you mentioned. So it's a good secondary. I wouldn't say it's one of you know the best secondaries that they've had by any stretch. And I think LSU's receivers, if they play to their potential, if you get Keishon Butte, if you get Malik Neighbors and uh, Dre Jenkins, whoever else, all those guys playing at their best, not dropping passes, being crisp on their routes, getting separation. I think that the receive LSU receiving core is good enough, has enough talent to, I mean, make enough make plays in this game and to give LSU a, chan- a chance. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'll see where are we shifting to now. What's our what's up? Uh, for, uh, we usually make some bold predictions here. What are we rocking? Do you want? Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you want to do a uh, thing to watch or? Okay, thing to watch first. Um, yeah, thing to watch. You want to go first? Or you want me to? Sure, I'll, I'll go first. You sound like you don't. You need me to go first here. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm 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 putting it through my head right now, Maddie B, of where well, I could possibly go with this. Yeah, I want to. I want to be. I want to try to be uh, different. Uh, I'm gonna watch. Well, I'm. I say I'm gonna try to be different, but this is a pretty big talking point. I just want to see Harold Perkins. I want to see Harold Perkins, and I, I'm not saying he's gonna be the breakout player. I'm not picking him to be a breakout player. I just want to see how they use him. I want to see how if they use that package that they used against Ole Miss, can they have him and Ojolari, um, basically as base rover attacking linebackers there, run a three-three-five in a sense to where they can move Harold Perkins around. How are the linebackers gonna? move you know greg pin in there michael baskerville i think michael baskerville is gonna be a huge part of this game but harold perkins primarily how they use him and how much they use him and do we see maybe less ollie gay do we see less savion jones i don't know the answer to that but that's what i'm looking forward to seeing all right i am gonna take this from a more um kind of 50,000 foot view here type okay. thing. Not This doesn't necessarily have to do with play calls or anything of that nature, somebody playing well, but, and I don't know if anyone will agree with me out there that's listening, um, but I believe this to be the case. I've been around this team and program here in person in Baton Rouge since 04. And I can't remember a time where it felt like LSU had less pressure on them in a Bama game than this one. And it's funny to say that because LSU is carrying a number 10 ranking now. And maybe more importantly, that if they win this game and can beat Arkansas and AM, they would go to Atlanta and play for an SEC championship, which nobody would have thought a possibility in the offseason. Like this is a team. And I guess maybe a part of it of no pressure is this is a team that was thought to win between six and seven games. And they're mm-hmm. six and two in top 10. And even if you lose this game, you can beat Arkansas, UAB, and AM. And if you do, um, you likely be favored in all those games. If you do, you're nine and three, and you go to a good bowl and have a chance to win double digit games, like 10 wins in Brian Kelly's first season, is something no, nobody predicted without being a homer about it. And yeah. I just think we've seen them come together now. 
at the right time as the season goes on, which is on coaching, which is on the players, all of that. Uh, they seem to be on the same page, but just pressure wise, they don't seem to be having any this week. I asked Brian Kelly about that this or on Thursday, Matty B, if kind of the pressure thing, if he thought they handled it well. And I got the sense from him that he thought they did a good job of it, that it was sort of just focused on LSU, that nobody made it too big. Um, and because of that, if what I'm now watching is, did they go out there and play like that? And we've already seen them. They've fallen behind in like almost every game this year and have been able to claw themselves back into all but one of them, Tennessee. Uh, but in the majority of the others, minus Florida State, they crawled back in it and then won and took the lead and, and sometimes ran away with it. So they faced adversity. Like if they get down in this game, I don't think that's going to rattle them. But more so than anything, I'd like to see them play with kind of a, <clears throat> a carefree feel. Um, I think Jane Daniels does a great job of that every game. He doesn't ever look rattled, whether he's like they're playing well or not. Um, but if they can all just kind of be on that same page of, Go out and if you just focus on LSU, if you focus on execution, if you focus on kind of what got you into this position anyways, which certainly wasn't thinking about Alabama uh, or beating them for what, the first time in Baton Rouge since like 2010, long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just don't sense they, I don't sense that pressure from them this week. Does that mean they're going to win? No, but I think it helps. I, I think I've seen, a, I'll put it this way, Matty B, seen a lot of LSU teams go through Bama week, the two weeks, because both teams are always on bye before it. I've seen them go through those two weeks and coming on game day, and you can just tell that the the moment is in their heads. And, and I don't really get the sense that that's, that team kind of is approaching it this way. Yeah, I, I agree. We we talked on we touched on that a little bit on Monday, but I think you summed it up really well there. In that, you know they they've already had their heart broken against Florida State. They already got blown out against Tennessee. They've come back from numerous double digit deficits. It's like, all right, this is a team that wasn't expected to do much and has seen everything pretty much at this point in the year so um i'm interested to see how that plays out all right some breakout players here shay um, okay i'll let one, you i'll let you go first so that you can i think i did go first last time <laughs> and everybody can more. sit around and see if i'm going to my Kayshawn well or not yeah because i think i've hit on zero Kayshawn. if he's played well i went away from it if i don't then any balls i think i i'll i'll go um You know, I, I think Will Campbell's going to have a good day. I think Will Campbell will hold his own out there. With, Whoa. And a good game is what? A good game is – I because honestly, I'm kind of worried that they're just going to put Will Anderson over on Emory Jones' side and he'll have Dallas Turner. And Dallas Turner is no slouch, though. So if he can hold up against Dallas Turner, that allows them to chip Will Anderson a lot more because, look, you're not going to be able to double-team both of them. You're not going to be able to chip both of them most of the time, I would think. You're going to have to have some one-on-one situations. If Will Anderson can hold his own against Dallas Turner, and obviously whenever he is, he does have to go against Will Anderson, if that would that makes life so much easier on this offense. This offense will be in a much better position if Will Campbell can do that. That's asking a lot, I know, but Will Campbell has been really, really solid this year. I'm not going to say he's been great, but he's been really, really solid this year. So Will Campbell... This is this is the game when we go back and watch the film because obviously in real time it's like you know offensive line play we can see that when the bad happens more than the good. When we go back and look at, it, I think Will Anderson, uh, Will Campbell, will have had a uh, really good day. I think I'm gonna go with a tandem here. Uh, I've ridden the Butte plane trainee plenty. Um, I like the Harold Perkins watch. I think all those guys, Ojolari, Wingo. 
um, Roy, everybody, everybody's going to have to have a big game. Uh, if you're going to pull something off like this, I think Josh Williams is going to have to have a big game. Obviously Jaden, I don't want to pick the quarterback though. Um, I'm going to go with two guys who I guess, depending on how they come out on the first play of the game may not even start. I will go Brian Thomas and Dre Jenkins. I think those two could be wild cards in a game like this. Like we've seen Dre. Dre is big touchdown in a big moment. He was the one that caught the <clears throat> no time left at Florida State in the back of the end zone to at least give them a chance to kick that extra point. Um, he's caught some get, caught the game winner against AM last year. Uh, pretty much his time expired, more or less. So I think he's a big game guy. And Brian Thomas played well in the Bama game a year ago, and he's already developed further. His game looks a lot better. I think he's just so dynamic. I mean, whether it's a deep ball guy, we've seen him in the open field. When he gets going, he's tough to get a hand on. He's just a long strider. Um, those two, I think. Because I think that <clears throat> Kayshawn Boutte and Malik Neighbors will have Bama's full attention. But there comes a point where you can't put the best players you got on everybody. And I think that gives Brian Thomas and Dre Jenkins a chance in this one. I agree. Defensively, uh I have – I'm going to say uh, Makai Garner has been really good this year. I'm going to go secondary, though, and I'm going to say if Major Burns is back and 100%, which we, you know, expected to play, all that stuff, but you never know uh, all that. But I think Major Burns, as far as the communication uh, aspect goes, I think he's going to play a huge role in this secondary because one thing I asked um, – I asked uh, during the play. I asked a couple of the players during our, the player availability was during in the Alabama game when Ashford got out of the pocket. There were a couple explosive plays on there. How important has that been in trying to you know fix that to where you're going against Bryce Young who will extend plays and wait for guys to get open and find ways to make throws? And um, it was Makai Garner who said you know we have to stay plastered to them. We have to really um, stay disciplined in that regard. So I think the communication and the discipline of the secondary. So I'll go with a guy like major Burns. If we're being uh, picking a specific player. I like that. Um, look, I think Harold Perkins can make some real differences in this game. Like for real, I think that it could mm -hmm. be an Ole Miss type feel where he comes up with some sacks or tackle for loss at really timely moments where it's like, damn, I'm glad we got that guy. Yeah. I'm looking at a guy though, for my pick on defense that I don't think should ever come off the field um, and won't until he needs a breather. It's B. Joe Gilari. And he's their best player on defense. Let's, I mean, at this point, without Mason Smith, B.J. Gillard is the best player they have. Bama knows that. They'll try to put help on him, do anything they can. But he is a guy that is putting himself in a position to potentially be a first-round draft pick. I mean, I just don't – even as, the, like, number 18, a captain, you know, everyone loves him, great guy. I just don't think we talk about him enough. And I just think offense is where people often talk. And they've got a new staff, so people are talking about Kelly. But – B.J. Jalari is the real deal. Uh, and I think in a game like this one, if you really want to get get after Bryce Young, if you really want to try to make some plays against Alabama and keep them off schedule in a sense uh, as they're kind of going down in distance, for me, Ojalari could have a, a massive a massive game from Ojalari would go a long way towards keeping this one close. Yeah. Um we are going to give our what are we doing? predictions on the um, on the site, but I think as far as thirteen and a half points is a lot. I think that that and, much I will say. And the over under is fifty six and a half. Six and a half. Yeah, that. 
I gotta see for the final lines. I was looking at maybe the game under the first half under, maybe some. I was trying to look at. So you're talking I, like, like a thirty-two to twenty-four, or thir- I guess that wouldn't that wouldn't be right. If I, you wanted to say LSU covered, but was around the over under, yeah, some, yeah, something something like that. But uh, I do know LSU's team total is at twenty and a half, which seems kind of. Do you of think low. they score more than twenty points? That's what I'm. That's what that's what that's what Vegas is asking me too, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. I as as much as I want to believe the LSU offense has turned a corner and is clicking on all cylinders, I'm I am just concerned about blocking them. I am concerned about blocking them. And Henry Toto, who I we've barely talked about here, is a great great linebacker for Alabama. So it's not like they're only they only have pass rush. They got some guys in the back end that are fast. They got some linebackers that are good. Um, I put them right around twenty points. I mean, if they can get to twenty four or so. Look, it's going to be one. This game is going to be one from LSU's defense. I think that's it. I do not think that they can win a shootout. I don't think they can win this game if, if Alabama hits 35 points. I don't think that's, they want to be in a shootout. I, yeah. You know. I don't think they win this game if Alabama scores. Even 31 would be tough. But, I mean, I in theory, maybe you can get, you know, a late field or something to tie it. You can send overtime or something. But 35 points to me, if Bama hits that, LSU is not winning this game. So it's going to have to be a really good defense performance. That's where I'm putting all the, all my eyeballs are on LSU's defense, slowing down this Alabama offense. Just, just a little, just enough. I think that Bama wins by double digits. And I think that that doesn't mean anything that doesn't change my mind about what LSU is and what they're going to be like. Yeah. I think that they could lose this game to a team that's better than they are. And, a team that's well coached, a team that has played well when they come to Tiger Stadium, all these things. Like, if they lose by double digits and then they can go out and play LSU football that they've been playing recently, getting better and better, not making as many mistakes, being more assertive in certain spots, aggressive in certain spots, they can beat Arkansas on the road at 11 a.m. They can beat AM, who's really struggling this year in a big way compared to what we thought they'd be, and yep. certainly UAB. If you looked up at the end of the year and you said they lost the opener to Florida State, which they should have won, no doubt. If they played that game over today, LSU would beat Florida State. Yes. And they should have kicked an extra point and gone to overtime and seen what happened. If your other two losses are to Bama and Tennessee and this year's Tennessee team, okay. And you beat everybody else on the schedule, that's pretty damn impressive for me. So I don't I'm not, I don't think LSU is going to shock the world here. I mean, could they? Of course. Um, I'd love it for the fans. Make for an easy message board to moderate all week. Yes. But my expectation is that it'll be close, I guess, for a while maybe, but that Bama is able to kind of distance themselves a little bit and then keep that distance and win by by double yes. digits. But, hey, that's why they play the games. Yes. I'm no, no expert. I, 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 agree, I agree with you. Um, I think I'm right around 10 or so for the, the differential, whatever I predict the final score to be. But – um, you know, somewhere in my head, it's like 21, 31, something like that. Yeah. So I'm probably leaning under here, but it's a tough game. It's a tough game to, to handicap. It's a tough game. To I don't pick. think that Bama will beat them as bad as Tennessee beat them. I don't yeah. think it'll just be like, Oh God, they got waxed. Like no. I think again, she will keep it closer than that. Not unless if they fumble the opening kick return and they uh, allow, punt. we like, almost, if- we almost made the whole sp- uh, podcast without talking about special teams. And then like, you did yeah, it in the if, 11th hour there. If they do not shoot themselves in the foot on special teams or, you know, otherwise just on, you know, it can be offense as well or whatever. If they just 
play the discipline football that we expect them to play, then they would have been close against Tennessee and they will be close against Alabama. LSU's offense doesn't turn it over. No. So, and no. I think one thing to watch will be Bama. Can they clean up a lot of mistakes that they've made penalty wise that's really kept them closer in games where they shouldn't have been? So, yeah. I think that's yeah, what so I'm that- watching. But I'm excited. Hey, look, we're going to it. That maybe us picking double digit, that's kind of just how we feel. Is that part of this no pressure thing? I don't think anybody rationally is sitting around saying, I'm very confident LSU beats Bama. Um, and here's X, Y, and Z, but it's possible. And if if you are out there confident, then I think the LSU money line is like put plus some money 400. on it. Yeah, bro. I think you make a lot of money. I think it's plus 400. So throw down Go 10 ahead and make and some money off it with all those confident takes you got. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's really that's all we have. Uh, again, final lines will be out this afternoon. Wanted to give the morning, dedicate the morning to Colin Hurley's commitment, which was huge. Again, check all that out on the site. But we will have final lines out. We will have our predictions out as a staff, and yeah, the board is going crazy. I mean, the board has been incredibly active over the past week, especially. I mean, since we've gotten here, it's been active. But the past week, uh, from being Bama game to the commitments. It's been awesome. So we appreciate all of y'all for interacting there and um, giving us feedback for, you know, good or bad, whatever y'all think. Um, And yeah, that's all we got. So we appreciate y'all for joining us. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Uh, Like the video, share it, comment, all that good stuff. Um, If you're listening on the audio side, leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you are listening. Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. Send it to a friend if you enjoyed it and, you know, listen to it maybe on your way to the game because I anticipate there will be plenty traffic i'll have to leave a good two hours early or three hours early probably yeah earlier than that yeah three hours early probably uh for that so yeah we appreciate y'all for joining us and we'll talk to y'all later it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.